Talk Radio. It appears as if German lawyer Reiner Fulmich, who recognized the COVID crimes against humanity as early as 2020, has been set up. Fulmich was spearheading a project known as the Second Nuremberg and co-founded the Corona Investigative Committee. His committee consulted about 150 scientists and experts from around the world, as well as former employees of the World Health Organization, and their findings showed them that the COVID measures were the first steps in a plan to destroy regional economies in order to make populations dependent upon global supply chains and were intended to reduce the population and install a world government under the United Nations. The Corona Committee received a lot of donations, which they believed were not safe due to the recent history of bank accounts being seized by complicit governments. One million euros in gold was purchased and put in holding. To fund operations, both Reiner Fulmick and Vivian Fisher took out secured loans. At a time of grave risk, for the money in our bank account, we decided to act immediately and we took money out of that account, both she and I did, in order to save it and keep it from such an attachment so that we would be able to continue with our work because had our account been attached, our bank account been attached, we wouldn't have been able to pay for the translators, for the IT, for the management, etc., etc. Reiner's loan was for 700,000 euros and was to be repaid with the proceeds from selling his home, all documented and agreed upon by the committee. Members of the Corona Committee met with a law firm in August of 2022 and filed criminal charges against Fulmic. Committee members Justice Hoffman, Marcel Templin, and Antonia Fisher claimed that Fulmic embezzled 700,000 euros, the loan that he officially took out. They claimed he was a violent anti-Semite and that if he were given the opportunity to comment before criminal proceedings began, they would not file the complaint. Two warrants were issued for his arrest, from Germany and from the EU, without Reiner's knowledge. Without an international arrest warrant, German and Mexican authorities illegally abducted Fulmic at the German embassy in Mexico. He was then flown to the Frankfurt airport, where he was arrested and put in jail. International law experts are calling his arrest an illegal kidnapping. According to documented company plans, Fulmic's loan was to be repaid after the sale of his property. But the very same people that filed the complaint against Fulmic sabotaged this agreement. The contracts stated that the profits of the Fulmic property was to be transferred to a Fulmic account so that he could repay the loan. But the notary, who was sworn to be neutral and independent, instructed the buyers to transfer the 1.158 million euros into Marcel Templin's account, which made it impossible for Reiner to repay the loan. The loans were transparently agreed upon in written contracts. There was no secrecy, and the company was aware of the loans at all times. The evidence that proves this has been officially submitted to the court, who has chosen to ignore it and has muzzled the defense and ordered they not be allowed to mention it. The evidence shows that Hoffman, Templin, and the notary illegally obtained access to the profits of Fulmic's property. And not only is the court ignoring this evidence, they have summoned these same people as witnesses against Fulmic. The complaint states, Fulmic has also made himself liable to prosecution for embezzlement by purchasing the gold bars without the consent of the shareholders, obscuring their existence and possessing them for himself. 
but the purchase of the gold bars is also documented. They are in holding and can only be accessed with the signatures of both Reiner Fulmick and Vivian Fisher. This is shown in company documents, which were never given to the public prosecutor, but they have been submitted by the defense and are being ignored by the court. Furthermore, while the court froze Fulmick's accounts, they failed to freeze the 1.158 million euros in Marcel Templin's account, which is presumably still there and appears to be the payoff for this internal coup. The trial is happening now in Germany, and the plaintiff's sloppy accusations are beginning to fall apart. One reporter at the trial said, The case was totally destroyed, and one could only sit there in amazement. A journalist from Biddle TV said that Reiner will not only be released, but also compensated. The people who did this to him, in my opinion, will be charged themselves. It is beginning to appear as if justice... It's Wednesday, February 14th in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. It's February 14th, Valentine's Day. Hope everybody is feeling deeply in love. We have just just so much to talk about today. It's uh, truly mind-blowing. It's one of those days, folks, so I'm glad you're here with us to break it all down. We'll be opening up the phone lines in the third hour. We'll be joined by Brianna uh, Morello in the second hour. Stay tuned for that. Host of the Brianna uh, Morello Show. Lots of videos uh, to show you. Lots of new revelations about the destructive and despotic actions of the deep state. So let's not waste any time. Get right into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Wednesday, the 14th of February, 2024. Republicans impeach Mayorkas in historic vote. Yes, House Republicans on Tuesday narrowly secured a historic vote to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, rallying GOP members after a first failed effort. Mayorkas is the first cabinet official to be impeached since the 1870s, a vote made all the more remarkable by Republicans' inability to pass the same articles of impeachment last week when three GOP members joined Democrats to tank the resolution, citing concerns that their colleagues were abusing their impeachment power. Uh, The articles are not expected to move in the Democrat-led Senate. It'll likely die here. And, of course, it comes three years too late, considering the fact that even if the impeachment were to go through, you're essentially shaving off a couple months of Mayorkas' tenure as it ends later this year, early next year. Tuesday's 214 versus 213 vote is a recovery from an embarrassing speed bump for Speaker Mike Johnson, whose fractious conference, particularly Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, had made impeaching Mayorkas a priority as they seek to make the border a central issue ahead of November. The Department of Homeland Security itself described the vote as advancing, quote, without a shred of legitimate constitutional grounds. Which is interesting because uh, I, I, maybe they've forgotten about the literally tens of millions of people they let cross our border. Perhaps they, they haven't noticed the 80,000 plus children that have gone missing. I know not a single shred of evidence of any wrongdoing or misappropriation of funds or 
coordinating to break the laws of the United States. Nope, nothing to see here. Again, nice to see. Too little, too late. Alejandro Mayorkas shouldn't really be impeached. If we're honest, he should be thrown in a jail cell for the rest of his life. Moving on, CIA and foreign intelligence agencies illegally targeted 26 Trump associates before 2016 Russia collusion claims. This according to a report, the U.S. intelligence community asked foreign spy agencies to surveil 26 associates of Donald Trump in the run-up to the 2016 election, which triggered the allegations that the former president's campaign had been colluding with Russia, according to a report. Former CIA Director John Brennan identified and presented the targets to the U.S. intelligence sharing partners in the so-called Five Eyes agencies. The intelligence gathering organizations in the U.S., the U.K., Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, according to a report published Monday on Michael Schellenberger's public substack. And, of course, we talked about this at the time. This, This was sort of obviously what their technique was. Once again, we're in this position where it's something that we've known more or less, you can just sort of logic it out, right? You had UK spy members who were the ones who were provided the first dossier about Trump. And we pointed out at the time, well, it's this five eyes sharing. I, like, I remember very specifically talking about, like, well, if I can't spy on my person, then I'll just go to the UK and they can spy on my citizen. Because I can't spy on my citizens, they can't spy on their citizens, but we can spy on each other's citizens. And it's called Five Eyes, and it's the reason this exists, to circumvent and uh, just simply get around the limitations imposed by our Constitution. So we've known this since it happened. It was obvious from the beginning. Now we have a lot more information about it. The report by the independent journalists Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and Alex Gutentag has not been confirmed by the Post. They cite multiple unnamed sources, including one close to House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence led by Representative Mike Turner of Ohio. Turner's office did not respond to the Post's request for comment. The U.S. intelligence community had identified 26 Trump associates as people to bump or make contact with or manipulate, one source told the outlet. In spy speak, bumping is is when a person is manufa- when a reason is manufactured to meet with a target of interest in order to develop a relationship that could lead to intelligence. And it, it just ties in with uh, everything else they did to Trump during 2016, including allowing Russian agents into the country in violation of visa restrictions in order to let them go meet with Donald Trump Jr. and Jared Kushner to then justify a FISA warrant against those people and their associates. It's all just little games they're playing. Something you have to understand about the FBI and the CIA and all these other organizations. Similar to the media, we always say the media's job is to tell the truth, but leave you you believing a lie. The intelligence agencies and the spy state, they break the law by adhering very strictly to the letter of the law. So they're not allowed to spy on American citizens, so they reach out to their five eye associates and ask them to spy on American citizens. It's breaking the spirit of the law, but sticking very resolutely to the letter of the law. And in that way, they circumvent our, uh, the constitution and the protections against tyranny that would in other ways restrict them from uh, being tyrannical despots. 
Meanwhile, bloodbath at Paramount claims 800 jobs, including CBS News journalists embroiled in controversy. Several NBC News reporters were caught up in layoffs at Paramount Global, claimed 800 jobs, including one who's embroiled in high-stakes First Amendment fight and another who's reportedly weathered HR probes over his workplace behavior. Catherine Herridge, an award-winning Senior correspondent, whose First Amendment case is being closely watched by journalists nationwide, was among the hundreds of employees at CBS parent company Paramount who got pink slips on Tuesday, sources told The Post. The carnage provoked outrage from the rank and file at CBS, with some focusing their ire on Paramount Global CEO Bob Backish, who pulled down $32 million in total compensation last year, despite the company's ever-shrinking financial profile. Well, it's called all our democracy. It's called the New American Way. It's called the people at the top purposefully and seemingly for no other reason than their own profit collapse the company or the nation or the state that they're in charge of and make out like bandits. This is I, I can understand why you'd be mad about Bob Backers making thirty two million dollars despite the company itself collapsing and having to fire eight hundred people because you can't afford to pay them. I can understand how that could seem bad but this is the modern world this is what's supposed to happen now he's just you know it's a doggy dog world and he's the biggest dog eating all the other little ones so you know there's no such thing as job security or you know taking one on the chin so you can benefit the people that you're responsible for it's all about just getting as much as humanly possible as quickly as possible and leaving a trail of destruction in your wake that's how you succeed in this thoroughly corrupt society that we now suffer through. Meanwhile, in addition to the 2016 spy games being played against Donald Trump for the for having the temerity to go up against the unelected deep state, FOIA documents have revealed that a secret 2020 election day meeting with CISA, Dominion, ES, and S, Eric FBI, leftist organizations, state officials, and others has been recently discovered. Investigative journalist Yehuda Miller received several FOIA documents that completely reshaped what we are told to believe about the 2020 presidential election. Uh, Gateway Pundit will be publishing several of these explosive documentaries in the coming days. The election was billed uh, by the Democrat Party, Joe Biden, and mainstream media and former CISA chief Chris Krebs as the most secure election in U.S. history just like Joe Biden is the sharpest tack in the room because there's a certain there's a certain tactic that narcissists and psychopaths use when lying congenital liars people who can't help but be utterly and totally dishonest they can't just they can't give you any ground they can't say eh, you know Joe Biden's he's a little bit you know yeah okay the 2020 election was yeah, maybe it had some issues, but in the end of the day, it was legitimate. We got the right, and like that would be reasonable. That would be what somebody who actually respected and and uh, you know had had respect for the people they were talking to. That's how they would phrase it. But these people uh, despise you and and think that you're an idiot. And so instead of saying, "Yeah, maybe the 2020 election." Had some, it was a bumpy road, but we got there in the end. They say it was the most secure election ever, and questioning it at all is a Donald Trump conspiracy theory, and you're a domestic terrorist. And Joe Biden isn't an old man that has, he has some trouble every once in a while. We can all see that, but at the end of the day, he 
He's a, he's a firm hand on the tiller. No, no, it's he is the sharpest man in the room. People are in awe of his mental acuity. They fall at his feet, just dazed by the sheer force of his intellectual power. They, they have to go over the top with their lies. I don't know why. I think it's something psychologically wrong with them, uh, but it works on people, I think. I think it really works on people. It's very weird when they say these things that are just obviously the opposite of what reality is, but then you talk to somebody on the street and they're like, um, actually, the 2020 election was the most secure election ever. You just have to be like, okay. So you're just, you're completely off the reservation. There's no point in even talking to you. Cult members, they're all cult members. So we'll get into this a little bit uh, more again. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency organized this phone call on 2020 Election Day, and it was, uh, you know, a big, a big cabal organizing to uh, make sure that the stolen election went off as planned. All very predictable. Now this is a another story in a series that have happened in America over the recent past. Man arrested after vandalizing South Florida LGBTQ pride mural, police said. Here's the thing about the mural. Uh, They painted it in the middle of an intersection. For the LGBT community. And that's what they need, unity and inclusivity. I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe you should have just washed their feet instead. How dare you? How dare you drive your truck on the road, sir? That road is a symbol of unity and inclusivity for this poor, beaten down and oppressed minority group that will have you arrested for opposing their symbols, for damaging their symbols. Law enforcement actively worked on the case for more than a week, police said. We received multiple reports from concerned citizens who witnessed Brewer engaging in these destructive acts. I remind you, uh, driving on the road. Okay, driving on the road. That's what he has been charged with. Uh, Brewer turned himself in Monday. Palm Beach County jail records show he was released from custody the next day, posting a $5,250 bond on on charges of felony criminal mischief and reckless driving. And it's not the first time the crosswalk has been vandalized. Alexander Jarek, then 20, pleaded guilty to the same charges for performing damaging burnouts in the intersection in 2021. A judge sentenced the Lake Worth man to probation and community service. So charged with a felony for driving over their sacred symbol. And again, not the, not the first, actually just the latest in a series of these types of events. As Raw Ignatialist points out, defacement of America's real sacred symbols will not go unpunished. He points to a man who has been sentenced to 15 years in prison for burning an LGBTQ flag hanging in a church. Talked about this yesterday. 15 years in prison. Going to let that one sink in for you. Burning an LGBT flag. Yeah, you can burn an American flag. That's your right under the First Amendment. But the LGBT flag doesn't represent the First Amendment. It represents something else. It represents a tyrannical religious class that burning their symbols is uh, blasphemy. It doesn't hurt anybody. Nobody got hurt, right? Nobody actually suffered from this. He burned a flag. He burned an LGBT flag. He is now in prison for 15 years. Can you imagine going away to jail right now 
and not being out until 2040 because you burned a, a gay flag. That's the, it's the world we're in. And of course, the man who beheaded the satanic display has been charged with the hate crime. He says we should not tolerate Satan, but Satan is, is our God now. Satan is the God of our religion here in America. So that's blasphemy. Of course, I could find video after video of people destroying nativity scenes or tearing down uh, crosses. Of course, there's been a series of fire bombings against church buildings and pregnancy centers following the Supreme Court decision about Roe versus Wade. None of those have even been charged. You can burn down a library. You can burn down a, a small business in New York or Philadelphia or L.A., and the government's response in that case is to actually pay you $20,000 if you're in Black Lives Matter. So if you're in Black Lives Matter and Antifa and you go and you try to burn down a historic church in Washington, D.C., the response will likely be, as it has been in New York and Philadelphia and Chicago and a number of other cities, to actually pay you $20,000. If you burn a gay flag, you go to jail for 15 years. So there's that. So Dylan Reese Brewer... 19 years old, he faces felony charges for criminal mischief for driving over an LGBT, LGBTQ mural uh, that they painted on the ground on the road. Pretty incredible stuff. And, and this is just the beginning. I mean, is it, is, it getting, is it getting more obvious? Is it becoming more clear the world that we live in? The absolute despotic madness that rules our daily life, the arbitrariness of the application of law, the way that the government can spy on their enemies, can send people to prison completely arbitrarily while letting out murderers and criminals where one president not who doesn't break the law is facing 450 years in prison while the president, vice president at the time that did break the law, gets off scot-free because he's too mentally incompetent to know any better. When you've got private organizations and NGOs and media outlets and big tech billionaires and the FBI and the CISA all gathering together to conspire to rig a 2020 election four years after they failed to rig the 2016 election by using international cooperation with overseas intelligence agencies to spy on in an effort to get blackmail or provide uh, strategic information against Donald Trump's campaign. I mean, is it becoming clear to you the anarcho tyranny that we live under the relentless murders and thefts and homelessness and machete attacks. I mean, you just have to look at Austin, right? Last week, some poor kid walking down the trail got his arm cut off by a machete. Yesterday, a car drove through a hospital and killed 19 people. Mass shooters targeting churches, completely disappearing from the headlines outright because they're transgender. Video after video of cops shooting at innocent people because they're so on edge because the us versus them cops versus citizens mentality has been driven home on both sides to where when people get arrested 
they feel like they're about to die. So they fight back with everything they've got. And it has cops being completely on edge and shooting first and asking questions later as they just riddle with bullets, innocent people who happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Is it becoming clear to you yet that this chaos is manufactured on purpose by design? It's not necessary. It's not inevitable. These are all choices that we're making to create this just uncontrolled, out of whack, unbalanced, chaotic, frenzied madness that we all have to deal with as we're just trying to put food on our table and live a life unmolested by the powers that be. They will never let us be. They will never let us alone. We have to overthrow these people. I don't know how exactly, but... And I, I really don't know how because it's it's got to happen in the minds of the individual. It's got to... All you have to do is look at these things clearly without the bias of the modern world getting everything mixed up, right? It would be obvious if you had, you know, some leftist who goes to a church or, you know, a, a Just Stop Oil activist who throws paint on a on a religious symbol, right? If they were painting the crosswalks with crosses and then somebody walked across them and then was thrown in jail for blasphemy, for violating the the sacred religious moral, it'd be like, oh, we're in a theocracy. Oh, this is like a Christian theocracy. When it's not Christianity, apparently people can't recognize a theocracy. They can't recognize tyranny. If we had laws where you can't be anti-Christian uh, and speaking out against Christianity as a whole or a Christian individual was considered a, a hate crime and you could actually be charged for it or removed from the internet, it would be obvious we live in a Christian theocracy. Well, that's what happens with anti-Semitism because we live in a Jewish slash gay theocracy. <laughs> that's, that's just the truth. That's where we are at this point. And uh, we have to do something about that. We have to do something about that. We have to see it first. And then we have to destroy it. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com and get amazing products like Next Level Foundational Energy. I don't have time to tell you about it. Just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're funding the operation. Get a copy of my book. That keeps me on air. Signed or unsigned. Fundraiser is a signed copy. The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next renaissance. InfoWarsStore.com. Or triple eight two five three three one three nine. In a galaxy of endless energy needs, the power of turbo force rises above the rest. The force that propels you to tackle your day and face the dark side of fatigue. Turbo force ensures you stay sharp, alert, and at the top of your game. Don't let fatigue pull you into the dark side. Be the hero of your own saga. Harness the power, feel the rush, and take control with Turbo Force. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today, and may the Turbo Force be with you. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what a what a Valentine's Day. 
we uh, we got a lot of videos to show you. We're getting more. We're getting more every minute. We'll have to go to uh, one that we just found here in just a little bit. Because good lord. I, I, uh, okay. I, I mean, I don't even know where to go with it's, this. It's a barn burner. I guess we can go to that one. I just uh, I just haven't had time to look up the stats, so I'm going to be vague with my stats. Uh, I you know I know what they are, but I, I got to actually find them in my research. Uh, but we, yeah, we can go to the video. We can go ahead and go to the video. We got we got a couple of videos that all kind of uh, combined together. So we just came across this one. We listened to about four seconds of it and decided we hate this guy with a burning passion. But we're going to hear him out. We're going to hear what he has to say. Uh, it's how do I set this up? Um, that's that's a good way to put it. You know what? Uh, Before. No, yeah, we'll go to this one first. All right. We'll go to this one first. This was posted by uh, young Americans for Liberty. I believe Uh, young America's young America's foundation. Uh, It's, it's a black guy in a suit behind a podium. Just it really, you know, I guess in terms of like America's religion, He's a priest of America's religion here delivering a sermon about crime in America. Let's watch, and we'll, we'll pause and comment as we listen along and learn. Whites are psychopaths. All right, let me— And their behavior uh, represents— Let me stop you right there. <laughs> okay. All right, so he starts off—comes out swinging. Whites are psychopaths. See, there's a thing that happens— when you try to talk about crime in, by division of race, where if you simply point out the FBI statistical evidence, the data that comes in on, on crimes by race, if you notice and and actually say the differences that you see, you are accused of not just looking at data, but of being compelled and driven by some underlying 19th century racial belief that there is something inherently criminal about the Negro mind, right? This is what's always put. If you just go, well, 13% of the population are black and they commit 50% of the crime. If you break it down further, you know, really only about 6% of the population are young black men. And they're the ones who commit 50% of the crime. And this is a problem. This is an issue. It's an issue for the black community an issue you know obviously destroys families people sent to prison uh, the communities themselves are the ones most often victimized by the black perpetrators so it's a problem and if you want to solve it you have to actually look at the data and, and figure out how best to uh, rectify the situation because it's not a good one uh, but again if you just say black people on average commit more crime than white people they say, oh, really, you just believe that black people are the untermensch and that you are the ubermensch and that they are genetically predisposed to violent activity. And it's like, well, I never said any of that. I'm looking at the stats here. So I think this is some sort of overcompensation where it's the, the black guy that we're listening to here uh, trying to flip this on its head and being like, they think that about us. Well, I'm going to say it about them. It's very sad. And also reinforces other stereotypes we won't get into. Uh, but let's go. Let's go back. I'm sorry, I, I had to stop it there. So so far in this uh, this sermon in this religious address, we have learned that whites are psychopaths. Let's continue. 
whites are psychopaths and their behavior represents an underlying biologically transmitted proclivity with roots deep in their evolutionary history. So true. How can you, how many of you could see the proclivity that evolved deep within the evolutionary history of whiteness by show of hands? How many of you could see how many, it? How many of you can Some define proclivity? Sitting, oh, no, I don't want to raise my hand. That's called denial. There's no discussion about the delusion and the perversion of whiteness. Say this with me. Rape culture in America is actually saying it with her. Economic and moral, and moral institution. institution. Incredible. So we're going to, we have it written in the law. You can rape black women, but All we've right. never been a racist let's, country. Okay, let's just pause it right there. Let's pause. Let's, let's, let's dig down. Let's investigate. Put our critical thinking hats now. Raping black women is illegal in this country. So he just said that. This is, this is why I struggle. I mean, I know how to argue with somebody who says something that's kind of true. When somebody is just like, it is undeniable that the sky is red all the time every day. It's just like, but it's not. No, it's not. This is, this is as far as these arguments can go. Raping black women is legal in this country. Well, no, it's not. I mean, what, what are we supposed to say here? It's not. Everybody knows it's not. What the hell are you talking about? This man should be in jail. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We got to do something. We can't let this keep going. Whatever this is, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. There are people listening to him that are actually repeating back to him what he's saying about rape culture. Now, again, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think I generally know the numbers in terms of not just rape. Obviously, black women uh, are massively overrepresented in terms of victims of rape and of murder. Uh, because they're the primary victims of the the black criminals. But in terms of interracial rape, it's at least tens of thousands. Uh, we, I mean, the numbers are out there. I'm pretty sure it's something like, I don't want to overblow it, but I think it's something like 17,000 white women are raped by black men in a year, something like that. I'm not so sure. I'm not, I, I'm not 100% on that statistic, but it's massive and, and horrifying. Like when you see it and you think about like, okay, so that's 365 days a year. So that's like every hour a white woman is raped by a black guy every 15 minutes. What is going on here? That is insane. The interracial rape statistics. Now, I'm not sure about that. I, I, I don't have the exact numbers on it. The number of white men who rape black women per year I am positive in because it's uh, zero. It's zero. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Statistically, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Maybe a vanishingly small, but it doesn't show up in the statistics. Doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But people believe it does. You know, this type of information, it's not just whoever this guy is speaking to whatever crowd this is. I remember when uh, Owen and I were on the street, uh, at South by, I think in 2018, and we were interviewing a black girl and she was like, you're the ones I got to worry about. It's white guys who are raping black women. And it's like, no, that literally, that literally never happens. So outside 13 years a slave. 
Yeah, well, Hollywood obviously has a vested interest in portraying it as as happening. Okay, so uh, let's go back. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry to interrupt, sir. Uh, you were just saying that uh, white people are psychopaths. It's inherent in their, uh, I'm sorry, they, their proclivity is inherent. And he's very, he's very well-spoken, isn't he? Let's go back to uh, the priest, shall we? This goes beyond gaslighting. Yeah, it does. And it's rooted in psychological delusion. Wow, so deep. And I'm not seeking agreement from white people at all. Yeah, because white people care about the truth, I guess. I don't, I don't prioritize know. whiteness or white people in my work in that way. So turn to your neighbor and say, as much as we want to talk about how bad anti-blackness is, it is the foundation of all American, all white American institutions. We then get to Ron DeSantis. He says, in Florida, we're taking a stand against the state-sanctioned racism that is critical race theory. We yeah. won't All allow right. for uh, the tax dollars to be spent teaching kids to hate our country I'll, I'll just or say hate it. each other. I'll just come out and say it. Slavery was a mistake. I think slavery was a mistake. I think if only our forefathers knew. Slavery, it was, just, it was a terrible mistake. I'm not perfect. I'm under a lot of stress. But if I didn't have the supplements we have, we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down. We got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com. And that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds to clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins and capillaries, clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer nitric boosts. It costs us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, nitric boost, finally back in stock. 40% off out of the gates. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalist at Point Blake Range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the New World Order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Alright, welcome back, folks. I don't know what to say. I'm I'm sort of torn. I don't like talking about this stuff. I don't like getting into these topics. But then that's the that's the problem, isn't it? The problem is that you've got 
crazy black people like whoever this dude is saying just the most horrible, racist, divisive crap, just lies, just open, despicable lies. And they're so egregious and they're so in your face that you just want to like ignore it. Like you just don't, you just want to go, ugh, whatever, dude. Like everybody gets that you're crazy, but not everybody gets that they're crazy. And if you don't respond to it, uh, then people only get one side of the message and it's the insane racist side. And then you sort of extrapolate that and you look at some of the videos that I can show you here today of white people being savagely attacked by black people out of nowhere for no reason. We have a lot of them. And there's a, a, a constant with all these videos where all of the other white people that aren't being attacked uh, just stand there or, or they run away. And if a white person ever does fight back, then you'll have a crowd of black people jump in and, and assist their, their fellow black person. So there's, there's a part of it that's like, all right, if I just ignore this, if I just don't talk about this, if I don't defend white people or argue back against this insane black dude, and, you know, it's almost like I'm, I'm then the white person standing there while another white person gets savagely beaten, not doing anything. It's kind of like I have to step in. I have to stand up for white people. It sucks. I hate doing it. It's annoying. I was, I was watching the show back yesterday, and it's like I'm listening to myself, and I'm going, gee, all right, we get it. Black, you know, white people are being destroyed. But it's like, but I don't, it's not my choice. I don't want to talk about this stuff, but these people are everywhere. So we got to say something about it. We got to stop it. Here's a good example, uh, clip number 16. This was posted uh, with, a, with a title, sarcastic title, but it was like, you know, if you're asking what the white kid did to deserve it, uh, can I remind you of slavery? And you can see the white kids literally run away. They literally run away. So we back it up. I don't know. Did we, did we start it early enough? So the black kid sets up the camera. So he's filming this. He's getting ready for it. They're on a basketball court. Uh, a black dude... He runs up like um, like a Naruto character and just sucker punches a kid in the back of the head. And all the other white kids run away. Just run away. They all flee. They all get the hell out of there. Now he knocks the kid out. The kid falls back, hits the back of his head on the uh, basketball uh, floor. That's how you die, by the way. When people die in fist fights, that's why. It's because they fall straight back and hit the back of their head. And you can see that kid freezes up. If you've ever seen fight videos where people like freeze and start like twitching, it's because the back of their head gets hit. So I don't know, that kid may have died. He may be in a coma. We're not sure. But he was white, so I guess he deserved it. Uh, But again, the issue I see is that all the white kids around him literally just flee. They just run away. They see an innocent person just standing there, be savagely attacked, and their response is, despite the fact there's 10 of them and one attacker, the 10 people run away, they flee, they run away. And maybe this is because they you know, have some inkling of uh, what would happen legally if they were to get involved, where it would be, you know, you'd have the NAACP, you'd have like the black community rally around the kid and our poor son got beaten by a mob of white people. Like it doesn't matter who starts it or whether they're defending themselves. Uh, there's a certain power to collectivism that is undeniable. We go to number uh, 17. Another great example, exactly what I'm talking about here. Uh, another gym, another school, right? They're basically prison yards at this point. Black kids sitting there with a, uh, a sign, smashes one white kid, smashes another. Now, see, this white kid actually fights back. Nobody else runs away. 
right? Uh, but when it's when it becomes obvious that the the white kid is actually kind of have the upper hand, here comes a, a a black adult running in and attacking the white kid, despite the white kid being the one who was just standing there when he himself was attacked. Again, this is like I don't know. Yeah, you can't just stand there and ignore this. So now the white kid's getting getting ganged up on uh, by all the black people. So this just happens over and over. And, uh, you know, people say, well, it's high school, kids get in fight. You can make whatever excuses you want up. But this starts as early as elementary school. If we go to clip number 19, uh, this is a nine-year-old white girl um, fully embracing diversity. Here she's being beaten by a young black man, and now she's being beaten by a much older black man. Here's a nine-year-old white girl being pummeled by probably a 15-year-old black kid. Uh, and some, other, some of the other black kids get in on it. There's the little kid getting his turn. So, again, just uh, from, from youth until old age, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. We can go to clip number one here. We won't show you the whole thing because it is, in fact, just utterly brutal. Uh, but, yeah, we can go ahead and go to clip number one. Why not? This was in... Uh, I'm not sure uh, Compton or something, but yeah, white guy made the mistake being in a black neighborhood, and it's just savagely beaten, savagely. Now let me go ahead and pull it down because it actually gets really, really brutal, and I don't want to show it. Uh, but not only is it brutal with a, a mob of people beating this man senseless for no reason because he's white, uh, leaving him literally bleeding from every orifice in his uh, face and head, lying on the ground. But nobody calls cops, nobody checks on him. He eventually is just left there. And they're like doing burnouts in cars on in the intersection, and he's lying on the concrete, bleeding to death, and nobody cares. Nobody tries to help him. Nobody has any concern whatsoever. Uh, and this is, you know, a lynching. It's what you might call a lynching. Although lynchings were usually in response to a crime that was committed. Some guy, you know, violated a white girl, and you know they would go and and they wouldn't wait for the justice system. They would just uh, carry out street justice. Uh, but even in the heights of Jim Crow, you really didn't have this, certainly not on a daily basis like we have today. I didn't pull these videos on purpose. These are all these all just were published yesterday. I didn't go through and like dig around for a bunch of videos of white people getting beaten by black people. This was these were all just posted in the last 24 hours. So, yeah. Again, I don't want to talk about this, but I feel like if I don't, then I'm the white guy who's just standing there while another white guy gets beaten by a mob of black people. And it's like, I have to say something about this, right? I mean, my God, good Lord. There's another uh, video here of some guys playing pool. Is that uh, clip 13? Yeah, let's go to clip uh, 13 here. Uh, clip 13 is, the, is maybe the solution to this. So let's, uh, let's back it up to the beginning and, uh, and roll clip 13. We can get rid of all the crime in America overnight, just like that. And people ask how, Attorney Crump, change the definition of crime. Mm. Of course, if you get to define what conduct is going to be made criminal, you can predict who the criminal is going to be. I mean, it sounds yeah. like we are criminal, though. Yeah. Our existence no, is the culture. criminal. They, made, no, no. The laws they make the law to criminalize our culture. To fit up. Black culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so when I think of Eric Garner, I always think of stuff like that. Lucy cigarettes. I did nothing. We sitting here the whole time. I'm not business. What are you talking about? You're about to do what? Who got some cigarettes Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Gary lost his life. Yeah. And then... George Floyd, 
with trying to buy cigarettes and so forth. So you have to think about the profile and things that they come up with the profilers for pretext your reasons. And it happens every day, y'all. They will come and say, you can't wear baggy pants. Right. Mm -hmm. Make that a crime. Right. You yep. can't have milk yeah. cars exactly. in your yep. yard. Exactly. Uh -huh. Yep. They all nod right. along. Yep. It is illegal to wear baggy pants. Yes, that's, yes, Mr. Crump, you're exactly right. It's illegal to wear baggy pants in America. Isn't that terrible? I, you know, just, it's, what? It's just fantasy. Just this bizarre victimization fantasy nonsense but i'm you know i frankly it's brilliant how do you solve crime you change what constitutes a crime if you just stop calling crimes crimes if you just stop prosecuting criminals you eliminate crime wow wow why didn't we think of that oh that's right because it's retarded no i'm sorry we, we didn't think of that because that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's why. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like how it's like how baggy pants are illegal. And they're all like, yep, mm, yep, mm, mm, yep, exactly, exactly. Bag, bag, baggy pants are illegal. That's right. <laughs> Benjamin Crump, an American attorney who specializes in civil rights and catastrophic personal injury cases as wrongful death suits. Uh, so I did not plan on talking about black crime today, but we just happened to come across that video of the man calling whites psychopathic proclivities baked into their DNAs. And, uh, well, we had to go down a little tangent, a horrible, depressing tangent. So I hope not everybody uh, is falling for this. And actually there's um, – yeah, you know, we could get serious with this. We could talk about this V-Dare article, Black Lives Matter in the New York Times and Black Lives Murdered Everywhere. Where they actually break down the way that thousands of black people were killed following the uh, defund the police program uh, because it's all it's all just as retarded as the last. But we're not going to be serious about it. We're just going to mock these people. 29 years on air, all I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves, unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people. We don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methyl folate with high quality organic B complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. Taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people, it's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour of American Journal is on. We got uh, some more videos to show you here. In fact, I want to go to a video of uh, Owen Schroyer. Owen, yesterday, clip 18, went on a little rant that I wanted to expand on because he it's a point that I, I've been wanting to make as well. I just keep, keep forgetting to do it. 
Uh, so let's just go to Owen uh, Schroyer, clip 18. Here's him yesterday on The War Room, and then I'll, I'll expand on what he's saying because he's exactly right. Let's watch. And, 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 and we're funding that. It's disgusting. How many dead Ukrainians for this war? 100,000? But see, there's plenty of money for Ukraine. There's plenty of money for Israel. There's plenty of money for the illegal immigrants. But the American people are suffering financially. And so, so see, that's like the ultimate frustration, though, is that we, we in America, and Tucker Carlson talks about this all the time, we in America could be living like kings beyond even what we have now. We don't have to have subways where you get mugged that are falling apart and smell like shit. We could have state-of-the-art subways. I mean, we could have maglev technology. We could have the best airports. We could have the best infrastructure, new bridges, new skylines, new railways. I mean, think about, okay, $200 billion one year, and that's, and that's being con- conservative. $200 billion in one year that we'll give to Ukraine, Israel, and illegal immigrants. Boy, what could we do with that money here? They build a football stadium. I believe the most expensive stadium ever built was the one in Las Vegas that they just had the Super Bowl in. It was like $1.2 billion or something. Guys, yeah, find out how much that Allegiant Stadium in, in Las Vegas costs. Awesome facility. Great. They had a Super Bowl there. Big concerts tour there. It's like a billion dollars. 1.9, okay, 1.9 billion. Imagine, so you could build how many of those with $200 billion? You could build 100 of those. I'm not saying we need 100 football stadiums. The point is that we could have the best airports. We could have the best subways. We could have the best trains. We could have the best infrastructure. We could have the best everything. We, the American people that built it. But no, our money, our treasure, our future all gets given away to Ukraine and Israel and illegal immigrants. And we sit here in these slums looking at our bank accounts sitting at zero. And I'm sick and damn tired of it. So, yeah, very powerful uh, rant from Owen. He's, He's exactly right. And it's how I feel as well. It's also how Trump feels. This is why, you know, people get suspicious. They're like, Trump wants to build cities. He's the World Economic Forum 15 minutes. Like, no, it's about not accepting the decline. It's about rejecting and refusing to go along with the idea that what's happening in America is somehow inevitable, that while China and Dubai and Moscow become these technologically advanced, clean, incredible cities, America is just stuck in some sort of inevitable backslide into chaos and misery and filth. It's not necessary. It's not anything we, we... have to accept or anything that we are incapable of reversing these are choices being made by our leadership on purpose and i imagine i'm not sure but i think that was in response to what tucker carlson was saying after all tucker carlson in the uh, world government summit was talking about city of moscow how much nicer it is than any city in america comparing the new york subway to the moscow subway and just what a what a shocking comparison that is And somebody responded to this, A.G. Hamilton 29 responded to this on Twitter saying, the level of ignorance here is really something. Large portions of Russia still don't have indoor plumbing. They fixed up a few cities to serve the oligarchs that have, through theft and corruption, bled the rest of the country and all of its resources dry. But that's not something for America to want to emulate. Have you been to small town America, A.G.? Have you seen what it's like outside of the cities? Have you ventured out of your metropolis 
for any extended period of time, it's misery, chaos, filth, ugliness. American cities have been destroyed. They have been eviscerated by theft and corruption, or what they call offshoring and ESG, whatever they call it. The same thing happens. So not only do we have horrible small-town rural communities that are destroyed just like Russia, but our cities aren't even nice because of it. At least Russia gets nice cities out of it. Our cities are worse than the small towns at this point. So what are we getting? Nothing. We get nothing as the... You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this Valentine's Day broadcast of the American Journal, Infowars.com, band.video. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Very happy to welcome my guest, Brianna Morello, host of the Brianna Morello Show. She is a former Fox News, Newsmax, local news, and MLB producer after Fox Corp threatened to put Brianna on leave for uh, on unpaid leave for not getting the COVID jab. She left the corporate media and made her way into independent journalism. You can find the Brianna Morello show on Rumble, and you can also find her on X at Brianna Morello. Thank you so much for joining us, Brianna. Thank you, Harrison. I appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. And uh, boy, is there a lot to talk about today. I understand you live... Uh, somewhat close to where this event happened. We talked about it in the first segment of today's show during the Daily Dispatch. But a man has been arrested for vandalizing the road by driving on it. He vandalized (laughs) the South Florida LGBTQ pride mural, aka the rainbow crosswalk. He drove on it. How dare he? How dare he? It's a hate crime in Florida, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) A felony. He's, He's been charged with a felony, felony criminal mischief. Yeah, it's it's laughable, but it's not right. So ultimately what happened here is you have an individual who may have intentionally driven over an intersection and like through it just doesn't make any sense. I was actually just there yesterday and I was walking my dog. I have a little Pomeranian. And so he's a little bit older. And as we were crossing, he decided to stop and take a go to the bathroom right in the middle of the intersection. I had to drag him away because I was afraid he was going to be charged next with a hate crime. <laughs> right. Uh, but he obviously gets that from his mother. So ultimately <laughs> his instincts are right. It was very strange in itself though, because when you look at the photo, I posted a photo on Twitter with the aftermath of everything looks like it's literally a tire mark. And if you see this area, it's glossy. So every time a car who's completely stopped hits the gas, you do hear like this getting on the road. So ultimately I wouldn't say this is anything that's worth prosecuting. But it's just sad that it's happening here in Florida. Listen, this is a political symbol, and I don't understand why we have to sit here and keep looking at this. You you want to have whatever sex you want to have. Congratulations. We don't need to see this on our streets. We don't need to use taxpayer money to fund to build a mural so that we could all sit here and have to celebrate with you. It's just it's strange from the very beginning. But this is actually the second person who has been charged with this crime. Both individuals actually are individuals with pickup trucks. And right. so I'm starting to notice a little a little pattern here. I don't know if it's intentional, but to prove that he intentionally did that is is extremely difficult to do. But we haven't heard the governor say anything. It's been over 12, 24 hours now since these charges were filed. Well, you know, driving driving over it alone, you know, we can't really say whether, you know, what he meant. But the fact is he he gave himself up. You know, just he provided all the evidence they need. He had an American flag in the back of his pickup truck. So I think that's what really did him in. Uh, He not only burned out on the LGBTQ crosswalk, he did it with an American flag in the back of his truck. So clearly he's a Nazi and has to be punished for it. I mean, I mean, this is we live in a theocracy, don't we? I mean, this is punishment for blasphemy. 
uh, against the state religion, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And, you know, this wouldn't happen, right? We've seen all across blue cities, we see individuals actually burning the American flag and they're never charged with any crimes, of course. But you have an individual who may or may have not accidentally slipped on a BLM, I'm sorry, on a uh, LGBTQ flag while he was driving and, and he's being charged. It's it again. It's it's strange, especially for my area. So ultimately, yeah, our city is Democrat, but we are pretty moderate. So it's strange when things like this do take place because we aren't that far left here. It's the reason why I live here still. Uh, If we were far left, like my old uh, friends over in New York City, I wouldn't be here anymore. It's just it's it's very strange that they have chosen this battle with this individual to go after him and prosecute him because there's so many things here that we could kind of fix and we could kind of go after and, and try to, you know, fix. But this is where we're putting our resources and everyone's quiet on the issue. You know, Anthony Sabatini, a former lawmaker here in Florida, is calling for this gentleman to have all charges dropped, and he's calling on the governor to to jump in and and do something about it. But he's the only politician or former politician who's really jumping in and and trying to defend this young man. So it's unfortunate because he's 19 years old, so they're going to try to ruin his life over this, and it's just unwarranted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Sabatini, uh, a friend of the show, uh, actually. And it's not the first time this has happened. You're exactly right. I mean, they spent a week investigating this, by the way. Law enforcement spent a week of resources to track down this this wanted criminal who I'm sure, like, didn't even think he did anything bad, right? I'm, I'm sure there's just he's a 19-year-old kid. He's like, oh, I'm going to do a burnout. This will be funny. He goes on with his life un- without him knowing for a week you've got CSI, you know, zoom in, enhance, like finding his license plate, tracking down cameras like there's people getting mugged and robbed and raped and all that gets put yeah. to the side while they track down this thought criminal. It's not the first time this has happened. Uh, Raw Nationalist posted this on uh, Twitter. A man was sentenced to 15 years in prison for burning an LGBTQ flag. Of course, uh, the man who beheaded the satanic display was charged with a hate crime for dismantling that and as you point out black lives matter not only are do they get away with like burning down libraries and historic churches they're actually paid in some cities twenty thousand dollar checks new york city was cutting twenty to thirty thousand dollar checks uh in compensation for the rioters that burned buildings and broke windows and smashed cars so i mean what is it i mean it's an arco tyranny but like i'm so it's so crazy now. I don't even know how to confront it. What do we what do we do here, Brianna? I don't even know. And, and just to put it into perspective for our audience, too, is here in Palm Beach County, because that's where this took place. We, we do have homeless people in our area. And it's sad. There's a woman I actually pass her every day and she sleeps in the bushes. And so that's somebody who I would like to see us help and us put our resources towards, not towards investigating things like this and treating them as crimes. So it's not a crime at all. Uh, we, we live in a ass backward society and there's no other way to, to say it. You know, you're, you're citing New York for an example, the New York AG actually helped those BLM terrorists get their settlement checks. Right. So what she did is she actually investigated the NYPD and ruled that they were too rough on these protesters, protesters, I say loosely, mm-hmm. uh, and that they shouldn't have been handcuffed and abused by the NYPD. And as a result, they're now being assaulted by East Palestine or Palestine, sorry, protesters now in, in New York city. And so the NYPD can't do anything about that either. And so we just live in this world where you can't really question the left. You can't push back on any of their beliefs or any of the things that they say we have to kind of abide by. And you have to comply with them unless you want to have your entire life ruined. And sadly, this 19-year-old is about to suffer the consequences of that 
unless, you know, we get our governor and our state AG to step in, who are, reminder, both supposedly conservatives, uh, they should be stepping in at this point and saying this is ridiculous and, and put an end to this. But uh, they've allowed a lot to slide by here in Florida. You know, we have the most J6 defendants, and we have not heard right. yet from Ashley Moody's office, our AG, or Ron DeSantis. Both of them feel like there's not much that they can do legally, and that's garbage because the left doesn't do that type of nonsense. They know how to engage in lawfare. And sadly, our members, our elected officials, don't want to get their hands dirty in it either, and they want to just bow out of it and pretend like they don't see anything. But I've brought it to their attention several times, and they just continue to ignore it. And so sadly for this young man, I think they're going to do the same here. Yeah, I, I definitely think they are. And, you know, you're exactly right. Everything you're saying is exactly right. And of course, I mean, everything is backwards. Everything is inverted. Everything is is corrupted, you know, down to, to the smallest level. Uh, and of course, you know, we I mean, we can get into we can get into all of all of this stuff. But when it comes to what the federal government is doing, some of the revelations today, FOIA document reveals secret 2020 election meeting with the uh, secu- uh, Cybersecurity Infrastructure Agency, Dominion, ESNS, ERIK, FBI, leftist organizations, state officials and others. Uh, this one recently published some some documents proving this is happening. You also have the CIA and foreign intelligence agencies illegally targeting 26 Trump associates for the 2016 Russia collusion claims. I mean, when you really compile all of this together, the level of tyranny and despotism that's going on out of our government, it really, to me, puts a fire under me. Like, it, it really underscores the urgency that we have to have to confront this multifaceted tyranny coming down on us. Again, I just I I'm just hoping somebody out there knows what the heck we can do to to combat this. How do you do how do you do anything when we know this happens? We have the evidence that it goes on and yet nobody's punished and it'll just happen again next time. I mean, how do we break this cycle? Yeah, that's the problem, right? It's just going to keep happening because nobody's punished, like you just said. You got to get people who want to engage in lawfare, and that's ultimately where we're at now. So until they on the left have to feel the burden of all of this and and kind of feel the pain of all of this, that's the only way this ends. But we don't have anyone who's really willing to do so. That's why you see the the Department of Justice going after all of these individuals. We'll, we'll, We'll start off actually with Dominion. So you mentioned Dominion's name, right? So Dominion obviously filed those defamation lawsuits against Mediality that covered the Rudy Giuliani uh, press conference and went after them for millions and millions of dollars, as your audience already knows. The ultimate goal there was just to silence people, was to get them to not speak out about the voting machines. And they succeeded because everyone was, was paralyzed in fear to go out there and speak about it. And so we never got any investigations. We never, those who did try to investigate it or do express some level of interest. You know, I've spoken to a former FBI agent who wanted to back in 2020 investigate the claims of election fraud that were coming into the FBI. And he was actually forced out of the bureau and forced into early retirement, meaning he was fired Mm. and pretty much told that if he comes forward, they will come after him. And so he is paralyzed by fear and he can't come out and talk about it. This is all about putting fear into people's hearts. So we're about to step into another election cycle. And this is why these stories are so prevalent. Uh, We have people right now who are lawyers, for example, who tried their best to prove that there was election fraud in the 2020 election. And what happens? Well, they are being sued. They are being uh, held in criminal court. They are going to be people like Rudy Giuliani might end up spending the rest of their lives in prison for defending their clients. And so what that does, again, to the argument of 
instilling fear into people's hearts is it sends a message to any attorney. If you guys want to start representing clients like this and start representing them in election fraud cases, we will come after you and we will take you down. And so, you know, we sit here and we say, you know, I hope Trump wins in 2024, but the odds are truly against him and not based on just if he were to have the election tomorrow, the American people would vote for him. I truly believe that. But then it's all of these, these Intel community people who are kind of working aggressively hard to shut it down and, and to go after him. We keep seeing it time and time again, and it's sad because even when he was in the White House, what was done to kind of prevent this from happening again and again? I don't think much was kind of done to make sure this wasn't going to happen. And, and so accountability, it's not going to come anymore. We've kind of, I feel like we've passed that moment. I don't think that these people fear much, and I don't think there's much that's going to be done to hold anyone from 2026, uh, 2016, sorry, to 2020 accountable. Right. So I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of pessimistic. Wow, they really did what they were supposed to do. It first off, and I don't even understand why they couldn't have done the first time, which is telling in itself. But I think I think it's a good first start. Um, you know, Mayorkas apparently did, according to reports, say that the person coming up behind him, if they do succeed at replacing him, uh, will probably be a lot worse. And right. I do fear that. I think they had somebody who's extremely radical coming in next. And so I was like, uh, maybe it's better that we just keep him in his place for now, just because you don't know who's coming in next. And they would really want to give the middle finger to the American people at this point. But I think that they need to prosecute him. They need to prosecute Joe Biden, because obviously he's well aware as to what's going on here in this country right now. And he's leading the efforts to to kind of overrun and to just completely disregard our immigration laws here in this country. You can't pick which laws you want to enforce. And I think that's critical here. You have to enforce our laws evenly, uh, fairly. And so when we're seeing him sit here and say, oh, if you guys just pass a bipartisan immigration bill, we'll make sure that we we control the border and we get, no, that's garbage. They're feeding it to you as garbage. And the Republicans who are sitting there and they're aligning themselves with it and saying, yeah, let's work together and let's link arms, garbage. They're literally just using it as a PR push to pretend like they're going to do something about it and so that their voting base doesn't get pissed off in November and take it out on them. I mean, I'm from New York and I don't live there now, obviously, but I still have family there and people who are Democrats are seeing the issue with illegal immigration firsthand and they're pissed off. They're angry. Uh, they used to be able to say when Donald Trump would speak out and say stuff about it, they used to be able to say that, oh, you know, he's he's a racist. He's this, he's that. But now they're seeing it firsthand. They're seeing their communities kind of just fall apart and they don't want any part in this. And so I think they're right. fearful of, of it getting, you know, taking out the polls and a lot of the local elections are a little worried about that. So you see them pretending like they care, but they don't care. So I would like to see him being impeached. I would like to see Texas step it up a couple of notches and uh, and kind of start going after them a little bit more aggressively. I, I know everyone's praising you know, your governor in Texas, but I think he's he just started and this has been going on for years now and he should have been he should have been more aggressive about this from the very beginning, but he hasn't been. Exactly. And so well, I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's the same as Mallorca's. It's like it's crumbs and we're starving. So we're like, thank you for the crumbs, sir. But please, we're starving still. Uh, and, and of course, yeah, it's too little too late. I mean, maybe they impeach uh, Mallorca's. Maybe it goes on for a couple months. Maybe like, you know, by the time the election rolls around, he'll be out of office and some new extreme person uh, will come in after him. And it's not only that they're. I mean, and they're brilliant. I mean, they're they're so good at manipulating. They're just dumb as brick uh, followers, the Democrats, where they they put forward this bill and they go, see, now it's Republicans fault that the border's open. So now all the people that are mad about the border being open in New York City, they have a reason in their own mind to blame the Republicans on it. So it's this is the problem with trying to deal with any of this is the American people as a whole are so easily manipulated, uh, manipulated by the political class that w- we can't get anything done, but I think, you know, as, as you said, I had the exact same thing. As soon as I heard my orcas being impeached, it was like, oh, good, but who's after him? But who's coming next? It's only going to be 
a worse person. But that's why you punish the person, right? That's why you make an example out of that person. So the person that comes after them goes, gee, if I do what that guy did, I'm going to go to jail and lose everything. So I better be on the straight and narrow here. And it's an tyranny. It would be better if there was just no laws. Instead, the selective application of laws, I mean, it's literally worse than anarchy. It's, it's anarcho-tyranny, and, and that's really what we're, uh, what we're dealing with here. It, so again, I, you know, I'm with you, sort of blackpilled, not sure how we get to, to a level where people are being punished for this. But I think that's the solution. What's your take on that? Just the idea that whether it's COVID and, and Anthony Fauci and the gain-of-function research or the border or the you know, defunding the police, I think we have to actually be a little bit extreme here and punish these people severely. It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO of a company. It doesn't matter if you're appointed to a position in the federal government. You should be stripped of everything. Shoved. It, it's kind of what the Chinese do. You can read stories in the Chinese where it's like they'll throw billionaires in prison like that. They'll take somebody who's corrupt in the government and they'll go to jail for the rest of their life or, the, or they'll be executed by the state. And it's like, I don't want to be China, but at a certain point, you got to set an example so other people who come after don't just do the same thing, which is exactly what you're saying. It's a cycle that we're in right now. We got to break that cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now they know that the senile defense works. They might start taking that one up too if we start going after them. <laughs> so I know it's bad and it shouldn't oh, be the case, it's but it's so, so it's so awful. I mean, we literally had somebody who was storing classified documents in his garage behind a Corvette with his crackhead son running in and out of the garage and was likely selling state secrets. And so um, <laughs> uh, if we're going to start holding people accountable, probably should start there. That would yeah. be my my first go-to, but as many of us know, they will not. But, I mean, if if you had to kind of map it out on where it starts, oh, there it is, the legendary classified. And that's how, that's how fool, I mean, these people don't care. I mean, the fact that he did like a whole video shoot right there is, <laughs> I right. love this, he's, with important he's, documents. He's on tape, important. he's on tape saying the classified documents are in the basement or the classified documents are in the garage. So he's like, well, it's, it was, it was what my assistants were doing and I didn't have oversight. No, you, he knew, yeah, that's the thing. It's all so obvious. It's also right there. It's like, I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall, just trying to point out that the sky is blue and nobody believes me. It makes you feel insane, doesn't it, Brianna? It does. It does. That's why we're, we're labeled far right these days. I mean, I, I can't even, I always laugh. So coming from New York and, and now that like a lot of my New Yorker friends hear what I'm doing now and they read my reporting and stuff, they, they like, what happened to you, Brianna? I'm like, well, if you start reading more and you start looking into things, you, you, you'll realize that what you're being told is, is a bunch of lies and you'll start getting really passionate about it too. And you'll start wanting to tell everyone about the lies that they're being fed and trying to call it out. And that's what everyone needs to start doing. You can't fear the labels anymore. You can't fear being called names. You have to go out there and, and push for all of this and keep telling people the truth. Like right now we have the president of the United States, the real one, President Donald Trump, who is being persecuted because, I mean, he was the only one who had the, the right to have classified documents in his possession and to declassify them. And yet he's being prosecuted while these people, Vice President Mike Pence, all these people who didn't have the right to do it, held classified documents and there were no charges that were filed. So it tells you what kind of state we are in right now as a country. We have everyone gearing up and going after a legitimate president because they didn't like him. He said some mm -hmm. mean things to them. He pissed them off. And so now they have to put him in prison for it. And then you have all these other people who are complying with their tyranny, with their corruption, and they're all getting let off. Uh, I think the best way to resolve this, you know, we had Jeff Clark on my show and we discussed going and competing in lawfare. And I think that's how, and I'm going to keep driving that point home, 
we need to get attorneys into positions of power where they're willing to go after these people and they're fearless because yes, well, they try to go after you where they try, you know, raising questions with the bar and trying to go after your license of practice. Yes, they will. But you have to be fearless. You can't fear these people. You have to just go all in and go after them. And, you know, you don't have to be violent. There's ways to go about doing this without doing so. And they just need to engage. And that's the problem is Republicans don't want to engage. And we have a lot of people who like to, you know, pretend like they're going to once they get to D.C., they're going to push back. And then once they get there, they go silent. Uh, key point in all of that is is Congressman Michael Gallagher. If you yep. guys recall, he was yep. one of the three who voted against initially the impeachment of Mayorkas. And the laughable part in all of this, and as you stated in the open, I worked for Fox Corp. So I was Maria Bartiromo's booking producer. And so I would book him and he wanted me to pass his phone number over to Maria because he wanted to start becoming a weekly talking head on her show to push forward the battle out with China. Like he wanted to battle it out with China on her show all the time because he hated China. He said he hated the CCP. He wanted to save America. And that was kind of his thing, which is something we could all agree with. But then all of a sudden, when he started elevating and moving up and becoming the chair of a subcommittee, that power to go after China kind of dwindled. And now he's not that rock star that he said he was going to be. He has kind of cowered out and he's done so by last year. He also uh, was supposed to appear at the World Economic Forum in Davos, the event and speak and be on a panel. And after I reached out to him aggressively, uh, that's a great clip to pull up. When I reached out to him aggressively, uh, his staff, they didn't respond. I have his number. So I texted him. And that's when all of a sudden the statement came out that he wasn't going to go anymore. Oh, wow. And so there's something, yeah, there's something very strange about him. He was going to go, wasn't going to go after I texted him. And so after he voted to impeach Mayorkas, I texted him about that too. I said, hey, Congressman, what does Mayorkas have to do to get your vote for impeachment at this point? Like sarcasm. And then all of a sudden, like everyone started jumping on him and he didn't respond, of course. Uh, now it's it's cowardice. You're exactly right. It's all fear. Uh, we'll be back on the other side with uh, Brianna Morello. Stay with us. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, old or young. Nitric Boost does incredible things for your entire cardiovascular system, your immune system, your blood, everything. And we finally got a huge shipment of Nitric Boost in stock, ready to ship to you right now. Folks, there's a giant list of things it does. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and read about it. But vasodilation, opening up your arteries and your veins, that is so good, and it does such amazing things in every single department. So this product is incredible, and I almost forgot, it's 40% off. So get your Nitric Boost now for 40% off while it's still in stock and discounted at InfoWarsStore.com. You owe yourself a favor. Go research Nitric Boost and then get it. It funds the InfoWar. It does incredible things for your body. Nitric Boost, 40% off InfoWar store. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. Putting the power of conversation into the caller's hands. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Brianna Morello is my guest. She is the host of The Brianna Morello Show. You can find it on Rumble. You can also follow her on X at Brianna Morello or on her website, BriannaMorello.com. Formerly worked for Fox Corp. Uh, went went solo when she refused to bow to the COVID fear-mongering. And that's sort of a, 
a theme that I completely agree with in this discussion. It's fear. It's all about fear. It's all about keeping you scared to speak up against them, scared to protest against them, scared to reject their poisonous shots. Fear is the mind killer. And that's really what it's all about. And in that, in, in those terms, January 6th is the most successful fear-mongering psyop the world has ever seen. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people say, oh, you're going to go protest? Well, remember January 6th, you're going to go to jail forever. We can't be scared to question our government. We can't be scared to petition against our government. We can't be scared to investigate what happened on January 6th. I know, Brianna, you're uh, really leading the charge on that. What is the latest with the January 6th uh, scandal, I don't know, the lawfare against (laughs) decent Americans – that's been justified apparently by January 6th. What, what's the latest and, and what are you doing in this uh, movement? Yeah. So I've been following a lot of these J6ers stories and their process throughout, you know, having their trials and what happens afterwards. And there was a common theme among some of them. So those of, who are also veterans, they were having an issue. So prior to their trial, some of them, one of them mainly received a reduction in their benefits through the veteran affairs office. Now it was strange because they weren't convicted of anything. They didn't even have their day in court yet. And yet the VA was sending them letters multiple times saying that they were reducing their benefits. And as many of you guys know, we live in a country where you are innocent until proven guilty. And so that was concerning. And so I reached out to the VA on that front. But then I also reached out about another veteran who was a videographer that day. His name is J.D. Rivera. He was simply there filming that day. He was under the impression that he was going to use his footage for a local news station here in Florida. And so he was filming and he did go into the Capitol with the other protesters. Well, J.D. is a Christian conservative, and so ultimately he was charged, prosecuted, and he was uh, sadly sentenced to prison, so he did about six months in jail. And then J.D., when he got out, got a letter from the Department of Veteran Affairs telling him that he has had his benefits reduced. Now, the only catch to that is J.D. shouldn't have had his benefits reduced, and he— I should also keep in mind that there was an appeals process that he is going through, and so this came when he was going through his appeal. And— what the letter specifically said, it was that J.D. was convicted of felonies. Now, this is all public record. He was only convicted of misdemeanors. No felonies were in his convictions, or he wasn't even charged. He wasn't even charged with any felonies. And so ultimately, the VA, he was trying to reach out, wasn't hearing back. And so I reached out to their media communications department on his behalf. And the Ken Harrelson story that I told you earlier about him getting his benefits pulled before his trial. And the VA asked me for some information, and then they just started ghosting me. And then JD got a letter in the mail, and so did uh, Ken Harrelson's wife, Angel Harrison. And the letter said, whoops, we're sorry, we didn't mean to pull your benefits, and we apologize, and they reinstated them, which sounds great. But after I ran the story, I got multiple phone calls from multiple J6ers who were also veterans, and the same thing happened to them. And it was all around the same time. So I was deeply concerned. So as a journalist, you submit a FOIA request, which is a Freedom of Information Act. uh, And I'm just looking for any communications regarding these individuals' names. And it was just a very vague uh, request. They contacted me back to the VA and asked me to be a little bit more specific. So I told them I wanted communications from anyone within their benefits department. And then the VA started ghosting me again. And I didn't hear back from them. So I gave them enough time to respond. Legally, they have 20 business days to respond. They chose not to. I reached out to them again. They chose not to respond again. And so last week, we filed a lawsuit against the VA. I'm going to go sue them. And we're suing them now. And they've just officially been served as of today. And they are going to have to respond and explain why they will not turn over these documents. I'm legally entitled to these documents. All the people listed in my FOIA requests have granted access for the public to also have access to their information as well. So there's really nothing that should be barring the VA from handing those in, from that information over. 
I want to physically see why this suddenly happened. They won't tell us. They'll tell you it's a mistake, blah, blah, blah. But this doesn't seem like it's just a random mistake. It seems like people were being targeted. Ken Harrelson, by the way, I should also mention, the individual who had his benefits pulled prior to his trial is an oath keeper. And he was one of the co-defendants in Stuart Rhodes' case. And so this was all happening when this was going on. And when they're pulling away your finances, as many of you guys know, all these federal agencies are kind of going after you at once to kind of make you broke. So you can't fight your cases. So you have to take a plea deal. And so that's why I was deeply concerned by all of this. But again, it wasn't just Ken Harrelson. It wasn't just JD Rivera. There's a group of these individuals and uh, I will try my best to obtain the information. I've got a lawyer who is ready to go after them and get everything that we need. And it's not just going to stop there. You know, all these individuals were also put on watch lists. And so when they go to, they go on airplanes, you know, JD Rivera, for example, JD actually reached out to me and told me that he was going to go on a, on a flight. And I asked him just to kind of record it as he does it. And so he, and I told him to send me his boarding pass. Cause I spoke into whistleblowers and whistleblowers have told me previously from federal agencies that Americans who were in the DC area on January 6th or around January 6th were all added to a watch list. And so it's a fly watch list where you're followed by us marshals. And you uh, have to go through extra security measures and they follow you on your flight. They sit with you on your flight and you don't know that they're there. And then they follow you to your next your next stop. And so I asked J.D., do me a favor, J.D., take a picture of your passport and send it to me when you get it. He wasn't allowed to have it electronically. He had to physically go to the airport to get it. Ultimately, he had the four S's in the corner of his boarding Mm. pass, which means he is on the watch list. And we followed him throughout his time at the airport and he was followed. And again, I asked TSA. Because it wasn't just JD, remind you, there's a lot of people on this watch list. Uh, according to Uncover DC, there was even an eight, eight-week-old baby added to the watch list because her dad went to January 6th. He went to the rally. And so uh, we are probably going to have to file our lawsuit against TSA later this week because they will not hand over their documents regarding these individuals who were added to the watch list. Uh, and it's not just, like I mentioned, JD, James O'Keefe was actually added to the watch list as well, and he was not at January 6th. So I asked them again, for all documents with James O'Keefe's name in it, and they will not hand those over willingly. So that will likely result in another lawsuit. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, the number of things you just laid out. Well, no, it's, <laughs> it's complete. I mean, the number, I'm just like trying to jot down like, all right, they're violating the, the Fifth Amendment there. They're violating the Fourth Amendment there. They're violating uh, just everything. They just violate everything. They just run roughshod over any constitutional restrictions that they have. And it, it doesn't matter whether you are just a... a lowly blue collar worker that happens to be a veteran you i mean you'll be uh punished without ever being convicted of a crime it's the same thing they're doing to trump the highest level where they're kicking him off the ballot for insurrection despite him being charged with that during the impeachment and being acquitted of it they still punish him for it so just rule of law is dead at this point and uh, of course they they the surveillance they looked up everybody who had a transaction in their bank account that was Either they bought a Bible or they went to Brass po- uh, Bass Pro Shop, they would be put on a list as well. So, I mean, this is just full scale suppression of American citizens, and they're scared of the veterans because uh, the veterans they've identified as a as a threat to them. It's just horrific. Who's helping you with this? I mean, how are you paying for this, or how are you uh, able to to file these FOIAs and and uh, launch these lawsuits? How can people support you? 
Well, thank you. Uh, I'm doing this strictly just me. And uh, if you'd like to, you can make a donation over at BriannaMorello.com. We do have a donation link set up over there. But I mean, for the legal fees itself, we're actually not asking for donations for that. It's mainly the manpower behind it because I'm going to start hiring people to go through all these documents. Because what happens when you piss off these agencies and you win, they send you thousands of pages of nonsense you don't need. So you need people on deck to sift through it with you. So that's what we're fundraising for. I'm not asking for legal fees because what I'm going to do is after we finish our lawsuit and after we win, because we will win, uh, we will force the government to pay up my legal fees. And so they will have to reimburse us for it. And, you know, we look forward to it because they can't they can't get away with this. You know, even I mean, I joke all the time and say I'm the queen of FOIA requests. I've got another one from the FBI. It's another example. I just recently got this one in the mail, too. And the FBI is refusing to hand over body cam footage. And I know they don't have it, but they won't admit it. So they're just keeping they keep telling me that there's uh, it's an ongoing investigation. And it's in right. regards to that Utah man who was gunned down at his house. Mm. Uh, and they don't want to show you any evidence or tell you or show you any like look of evidence. This guy was armed when they shot him. Um, so we're just going to keep fighting and we're going to keep going after them. The, the, guy, the guy in a wheelchair, the guy who could, who could barely move, that they uh, just yeah. showed up at his house and killed him one day. BriannaMorello.com on X at Brianna Morello or The Brianna Morello Show on Rumble. Thank you so much for, doing, uh, for joining us and keep up all of your hard work. It's, uh, it's a tough struggle, but we got to keep our head down and keep working. Thank you. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. I'm not perfect. I'm under a lot of stress. But if I didn't have the supplements we have, we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down. We got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com. And that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller. Because people loved it so much, they had such great effects, got all these natural compounds to clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins and capillaries, clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer nitric boosts. It costs us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, nitric boost, finally back in stock. 40% off out of the gates. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure it's not a surprise to you. I'm sure it's not news to you if you're an InfoWars viewer. 
you found yourself here behind the iron curtain of censorship imposed upon us. Do you understand how so much of what we're dealing with is simply the choices being made by the people at the top? And so much of our issues boil down to, I guess, what you could call resource allocation. And this is where I think, you know, the Trumpian movement, we've got to take over the Republican Party. We've got to redefine what it means to be conservative. I'm not a fan of big government. I'm a fan of small government. I think people should be left alone for the most part. But at the same time, we have to recognize the threat that corporate powers pose to the freedom that we enjoy, the liberty that's guaranteed us by the Constitution, the way that the world government is being implemented, the way that the World Economic Forum as a managing superstructure over all these national governments works is they'll pass things through law if they can. They'll get you to vote for something and they'll say, well, it's democracy. It's a mandate. We have to do this. But if you don't want it, they'll do it anyway. And if you can't pass the law, they'll do it through the corporations. They'll do it through market manipulation or by simply – like take meat for an example. They don't want you to eat meat for a variety of reasons. They claim it's because of climate change. In reality, it's because of health and the benefits of meat, and it's about, it's about a number of things. These people are anti-human, and I think you probably understand that. But if they can pass a law, if they can get the government – and they do. If the government – uh, you know, what they'll do is they'll get the government to agree, okay, we won't serve meat at any government institutions anymore. And they're already implementing this through the C40 uh, cities, you know, sustainable development goals where you've got cities in America saying, okay, now from now on at schools and in prisons and anywhere the government has a say, they're not serving meat or they're serving significantly less meat. They'll start serving bugs. So they'll implement it that way. But if they can't make a law to stop you from eating meat, well, nothing's stopping these people from doing what they are doing, which is buying up big cattle companies and culling the cows and shutting them down and turning over the fields to, you know, soy production. And so now meat is incredibly expensive. And we've got a story we'll get to where uh, the you know cattle production is hugely down year over year. And it's hardly sufficient to keep meat on, on the table. So if they can make a law... To get their way, they'll do that. If they can't make a law to get their way, they'll do it through the corporation. So at a certain point, small government, while a, a wonderful goal to have, there's something that's more important, and it's a government that actually serves the people. It, it would be pretty different if our tax burden was because we have the best roads and the best, like, like Owen was saying, the best airports and the best stadiums and uh, – our streets were the safest and the cleanest because we paid high taxes. It's sort of the the Italy versus Germany paradigm. If you talk to people from Italy or Germany, they pay about the same amount of taxes. But in Germany, the trains run on time and are clean and are efficient and nothing's broken. And in Italy, everything's broken because those same tax dollars that get collected don't actually go to the infrastructure. They go into the pockets of the corrupt uh, people in the government. So I'm – Less concerned. I would be happy to pay the amount of taxes I pay now if they were going to America. Instead, they go to people who despise us. They go to wars overseas. They go to dependents in America who just arrived yesterday and are receiving more money than our veterans or people who have lived here forever. 
the resource amount is less important than the resource allocation. And the resource allocation is being deliberately designed to eviscerate the middle class, destroy American sovereignty, and simply gut us for the benefit of everybody else. It's on purpose. It's by design. It's obvious. And one place where this is evident and apparent is, oh, you can look at, you know, the police in Florida spending a week to investigate the pride flag criminal while, you know, there's probably rape kits sitting on the untested on the shelf, you know, at the crime lab. And again, this is on purpose, and, and we'll go to a, a video here that really illustrates in, I think, a semi-sarcastic way, but in a very real and, and tangible way, the, how resource allocation, especially in the cities and the liberal cities like Portland, Oregon, are being deliberately designed to benefit the criminal class at the expense of the decent, tax-paying, law-abiding, God-fearing citizens. So this video is kind of funny. It's also kind of depressing because this is real. This does really happen. We covered the story last week of a neighborhood in Atlanta where 1,200 houses were being occupied by squatters. And when we talked about that, we actually had a caller call in to say that he had an issue with squatters because he was refurbishing a house and was trying to sell it. And when he showed up the day before he closed, he found a family already living there. He calls the cops. The cops come and say, there's nothing we can do about it. This is a civil matter. And so it was just interesting because that caller that we had basically explained exactly what you're about to see, but from the other perspective. So what you're about to see, I think, is a parody. It's kind of a joke in a lot of ways, but it's very real. It really does happen. And we've had callers called in who say it's happened to them. So uh, let's go now to uh, this. Uh, it's a little life hack, how to get a free house in Oregon. Let's watch. This is how I got a free house in Portland, Oregon, and how you can too. So the first thing I did was find a vacant house that somebody was trying to rent. Next, I looked up how to break into a lockbox without using force. Thanks, YouTube. Next, I forged some documents. This made it look like I had a lease agreement, and I called the utility companies and had the utilities put in my name. I'm not going to pay them, but they don't know that. When the owner showed up, I politely explained that this was my house now, and they need to leave. So they call the police, and I show them my lease agreement and the utility bills, and they tell the owner that this is a civil matter, and they've got to sue me. This made the owner super angry, so she lawyers up and tries to evict me. Of course, I can't afford a lawyer, so I call up a tenant advocacy group who gives me a lawyer that's 100% free and funded by taxpayers. So my out-of-pocket is still $0. So this lawyer fights on my behalf for months and months, really driving the owner crazy and costing her tens of thousands of dollars. Finally, the owner decided it would be cheaper to just give me a chunk of cash to leave rather than continue paying the lawyer. So she writes me a check for $10K and I move out. I didn't even have to clean the place up, and that's a good thing because I do a lot of drugs and the house looks every bit of it. Still no thank you note for aerating the walls, but whatever. So I just got nine months of free rent in a house that otherwise would have cost me three grand a month, plus a nice cash for keys check. And I wasn't even charged with anything. I always thought that stealing was wrong, but it turns out if you steal a house, it's not even against the law here. So this couldn't have worked out any better. Thanks, Portland. So again, obviously there's, there's a bit of a parody there where he's saying he does drugs, like he didn't actually, but this does actually happen. And we had a caller who pretty much literally experienced this exact thing as a landlord. Went to a house found occupiers sitting there, called the cops. The cops said there's nothing they could do. And that guy who called in, he literally said, I tried to offer them money. I tried to bribe them to leave, and those people rejected it. Eventually, he got him out. But this is a very real thing. And, you know, 
one of the most important things in there is that there's actually NGO groups funded by our tax dollars, which I think would make them government organizations, not non-government organizations. There's a very obscure delineation between organizations that are government organizations and organizations that are non-government organizations that get all of their money from taxpayers. Uh, It's a little bit bizarre how that works, but you've got these tenant rights organizations that will provide lawyers for people who aren't tenants and don't deserve support. Just like you've got NGOs that are funding the illegal immigrants, asylum seeking refugees that aren't asylum seekers and don't deserve refugee status. It's all so utterly backwards. And and a lot of it is about uh, resource allocation. Hey, speaking of resource allocation, where are you allocating your resources? Infowarsstore.com is the only way that we get funding. It's the only way that we stay on the air. As I'm I'm sure you've heard Alex say during the commercial breaks, about 1% of our viewers actually go to Infowars Store to buy products. And I get it. If you aren't into supplements, you, you know, you get this information for free. So, you know, why should you support us? Well, because we won't be here if you don't. And because you probably buy something that we have at InfoWars Store, you just buy it from a globalist organization that is using your money to fund the things that are destroying you. So if you buy vitamins, if you buy supplements of any sort, if you buy water filters or just survival gear, books, DVDs, if you buy things from big box stores, you're filling the coffers of your enemy. Why not fill the coffers of your friends, people like InfoWars who are doing everything we possibly can to rescue America and preserve the historical freedoms that our country was always founded on. Just instead of instead of getting a toothbrush at wherever, get it from InfoWars. Instead of getting toothpaste from wherever, get it at InfoWars. Instead of buying sugary energy drinks, go get TurboForce for 40% off. The supplements are incredible, but even if you're not into supplements, you can at least get vitamins and minerals. You at least need those, right? InfoWarsStore.com, resource allocation with the good guys. InfoWarsStore.com. One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious. And you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's that's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taken place and they're cutting off all the major energy sources is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com. <laughs> 